You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Mesa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. I'm here with Father Anthony Mesa. Welcome back, Father Anthony. It's great to be back. We took a brief hiatus over the winter holidays, but we're back, and we wanted to chat about New Year's resolutions. It's coming towards the end of January now, and people might be thinking about the fact that they aren't doing as well with their resolutions as they originally anticipated. Isn't that right, Father Anthony? Absolutely, and, and you know, this is a, a topic that I'm, I'm very passionate about, not just because I, I get to talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people, you know, kind of share those, those goals or resolutions with me, but also personally, um, I'm a big fan of, of, of using the new year to kind of set a new vision for the year, so absolutely. So, Father Anthony, in your opinion, what is the main reason why people can't hold on to those New Year's resolutions? Okay, so usually when we talk about New Year's, um, we set goals, we talk about habits we want to establish, we make resolutions, but usually the focus is on discipline or willpower. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I need to, this year I need to, you know, get to the gym every day, or I, I need to... Um, you know, pray every single morning before I go to, to, to work. And it's usually this emphasis on, I need more discipline, I need more self-control. But you know, Katie, there's lots of research out there um, which says that willpower or discipline or self, self-discipline is really, it's, it's a limited resource. Think of it like a, a cell phone battery. It's the kind of thing that you may start the day off with a full charge, but by the end of the day, you lose some of that charge and it needs to be recharged, renewed. And, and this, this explains something that I see in my own personal life, and I'm, and I'm sure many of our listeners see as well. This is why it's so easy to eat healthy in the morning, but why so many people struggle, as I do, kind of around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, because your willpower, which may have started at 100%, by that mid-afternoon, you know, you've used it all up, so you're, you're at a low point. Some people also, at night, able to resist whatever temptations, um, throughout the day, but then you know what you resisted, you know, at, at morning and noon and early evening, and the night comes, and eventually we end up caving in, because willpower is a limited resource. Willpower is not a good solution for real, long-term, lasting change. But what I believe is a long-term solution, we need to find a way to bypass willpower as much as we can, and instead aim towards motivation. Okay, we need to find the things that require less willpower and that we're more naturally motivated to do. For example, let's say I want to I want to start a workout routine. That's my, you know, my goal for this year is I want to work out every single day. Well, <clears throat> am am I motivated to work out? Is it because I want to work out because it's good for me to work out and I should work out and working out is good? Or is there a natural motivation? Like I'll tell you me personally, one of the things that I one of my goals for this year is to work out every single day for at least 30 minutes because I'm motivated to be able to serve God faithfully for many years. I've seen a lot of priests um, and a lot of people kind of burn out o- over time and I don't want to burn out. I, I want to continue to serve faithfully and serve strong. I want to be full of energy. So I'm naturally motivated to serve God and then the working out becomes a tool to, to, to get there. Same thing like with prayer. Okay, is it, uh, you know, I'm going to pray, I need more discipline to pray, you know, I need more uh, 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 willpower to pray because I have to, or is it, you know what, I got a lot on my plate, 
as I'm approaching 2020, I need to unload that on the Almighty, on the Creator. So prayer then becomes a means to achieve something that I'm already naturally motivated to do. I think the more that we're in our space of natural motivations or passions, the more successful we'll be in the long term. That's great, Father Anthony, and that is motivating me. But um, what if you could sum up in one word, where do we find that motivation? What is the secret? So I don't know if I can summarize it in one word. Okay, but, you know, what, what I would say is, is you don't really, you can't, you don't really pick what you're motivated for. Um, I think it's more of you, you examine the natural motivations that God has kind of put inside of us, right? Like we know that God knit us each in our mother's womb in an intricate way. And each one of us was made with intentionality by God and, and we're all kind of wired differently. So I don't think you need to manufacture that motivation or that passion. I think you just need to learn to tap into what's naturally there. And and the way that you can tell is when something is is tedious, um, it's probably not something that you're passionate about. And and opposite, when something kind of brings you joy or is, is, it comes natural to you. Like I'll give you an example. It's like for me, one of the things that I know that I'm, I'm definitely passionate about is I'm passionate about leading. Um, and, you know, I always say that my dream job, you know, when I grow up, you know, my next job will be, I would love to be a coach one day. I would love to take a, a you know, like a, a basketball team or a football team and group of young men. I'd like to coach them up. I think that that's something that comes naturally to me. Um, something else that I'm, I'm passionate about is teaching. Um, and I think one of the gifts that God gave me, something that I enjoy doing and I think I'm good at is taking complex things and making them simple. So I, I think if you kind of open up me on the inside, I'm, I'm passionate about that. When, I, when I'm doing that, like when I'm preaching the word of God and taking complex things and trying to simplify them and make them understandable and relatable, that comes very natural to me. Um, that's why I always say my, my second job, my first job would be a coach if I, if, you know, when I grow up. My second would be a lawyer, but not just any kind of lawyer, like a few good men, Tom Cruise kind of a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ones in the trial, like uh, I'd love to break down evidence and things like that. Um, and then the flip side of that, if you ask me what I'm not passionate about, you know, with all my due respect to, I have a ton of respect for people out there who serve like with children and like children's ministry and like the preschoolers and the guys with the snot running down their nose. And I know it's important and it's, it's, it's mission critical for, for the church, but it's just not my thing. Like you ask me to, 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 to clean up snacks off the floor and wipe kids snot and sing songs and, and little guys no thank you if you put me there i could probably do a good job like one day or two days or three days but long term i think i'd burn out because there'd be no joy everything would be tedious and i would simply be doing it out of a sense of obligation versus out of a natural motivation or passion but father anthony don't doesn't it seem like these days passion seems like a little bit of a luxury i mean we are we have responsibilities and we have to do what needs to get done so how can passion fit into all of that i mean what we have to realize is that that god designed us ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says that we were created for good works which god prepared beforehand we're his workmanship created for these good works so i i i i don't think it's an option for me to discover my passion and to live in my passion, it's not an option if I want to live a life full of joy and I want to live a life of enthusiasm. You know, 
I think life naturally is, is you know, I talk about these things called passion killers, okay? And I think that life naturally wants to kill the passion or suck the passion out of our life. And I think the only way to maintain what God intended for me, this, this abundant life, is to be proactively going against those passion killers. You know, like think of life, think of like a helium balloon. Okay, so imagine your life is like the balloon and your passion is like the helium inside. When there's passion and it's full, you can ride high. Life is good, you're energized, you're motivated. You don't need to talk about discipline. Like I don't need to discipline a balloon to fly above. Okay, it's just, it comes natural to it. What When you start to focus on discipline and willpower is when that helium starts to get sucked out, which is in, inevitability, like it's natural, it's going to happen with time. All right, and same thing is gonna happen in life. Your, your passion's gonna get sucked out of you. That's when we fall back on, well, I need to try harder and I need willpower and I need discipline. So I'm, I'm gonna make it my goal in life and I would encourage all the listeners out there to do as well, is I, I wanna be passionate about everything that I do. Like I wanna be passionate about my church and my ministry and my career. I wanna be passionate about my family, and my relationships. And you know, since we're talking specifically about church and ministry here, one of my goals, you know, I've been a priest now for 18 years. As I approach, you know, 20 years of priesthood, I want to be just as motivated at 20 years as I was at 10 years, as I was at five years, as I was at one year. And I want to be just as motivated when I'm at 30 years or 40 years. And I don't think that's going to happen naturally. I think I have to be intentional about fighting life's passion killers in order to get there. And would that mean, you know, you're talking about the span of 20 years that you would have the same exact passions in every season of your life? Or could those passions change? I mean, I'm sure the passions could change. For me, it kind of, they're, they're kind of general ideas, um, you know, specifically like the, the name of this podcast is bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. That's kind of, that's something that, you know, it's kind of ingrained inside me. And, and the manifestation of that will look different, you know, 10 years ago, as, as five years ago, as, 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 you know, 10 years from now. But I think on the inside is that, you know, God planted certain things inside of us. Um, and, and, I, and I think those things kind of shape us throughout the course of our life. So it, it takes a, some time with God to figure out what we should focus our Absolutely. passions on and our time on. Absolutely. Well, talk to us about these passion killers and these things that stand in the way of us um, of, of our passions? Sure. So I, I, I kind of group them into three buckets. I think there's three kind of common things that I see in my experience, both my personal experience as well as um, what I see in others. And the first of them um, is I, I, I would say a lack of balance. Um, and when I say lack of balance, the world that we live in today, man, everything is shortcuts. Everything is quick fix. You know, there's, there's, you know, you go and you see, you know, lose 10 pounds by Friday or, you know, there's, you know, have a perfect child by Sunday or, you know, people come to me and say, you know, Father Anthony, I have this and this spiritual problem, you know, how do I fix it? And, and the truth is, is, you know, you didn't get into the mess overnight and you're probably not going to get out of it overnight as well. I think what we're oftentimes lacking is the patience to approach things in a balanced manner. For example, let's say I have a goal to get in shape this year. What should I eat in order to get in shape? And someone will say, no, 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 you need to start this exercise routine. Someone will say, no, 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 no. It's all about the amount of sleep that you're getting. Well, the truth is, is it kind of is all, you know? I mean, you do need to exercise, but what good is exercise if you're gonna eat a box of donuts right after or vice versa? 
you know, what good is it to, you know, eat very, very healthy and then sit on the couch all day and, 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 or, or not get any sleep. Like we need to be balanced. So we need to not fall into the trap of thinking that this is going to solve all my problems. This is the answer. I think that's a recipe for, for not only for failure, but also for frustration. Because if you think this is going to solve all my problems, this is the answer to all my problems, and it doesn't work, which it isn't going to, then you're going to be less likely, you're going to be less motivated to even try again. You know, So how do I solve all my marriage problems? It's probably not one thing. How do I fix my anxiety? It's probably not one thing. How do I solve this bad habit? It's probably not one thing. You know, we need to have a balanced approach to life. You know, let's take it in a spiritual context. We need to make sure that we have time for private worship in our rooms. We also need to make sure that we have time for communal fellowship and communal worship with the rest of the body of Christ. We need to make sure that we are actively serving God and using our talents and gifts for ministry. But we also need to balance that out with time to be still and know that I am God. You know, our church has fasting and has feasting. You know, and there's times where we need to speak and times we need to be silent. I think we need to approach life with a balanced view as opposed to a, you know, one quick fix or one solution for every problem. So no life hacks for achieving your passion. No, I wish. I wish. Um, well, what about the second passion killer, Father Anthony? The second passion killer, I would say, is lack of support. And, you know, there's an ancient proverb, which I think it's a Chinese proverb or an African proverb. I don't really remember it says that he who flies alone flies fast. He who flies, I'm sorry, runs, not flies. He who runs alone runs fast. He who runs with others runs far. And I believe that because I believe that the easiest way to catch fire is to be around people who are on fire. You know, and, and I, I guess that kind of applies figuratively as well as literally. The easiest way, if, if I'm not on fire, but I'm next to something that is on fire, like fire is contagious, passion is contagious. And if, if we want to maintain our passion for the long term, we need to start investing in relationships that stoke those flames. And the flip side, avoiding the ones that quench the flames. So if I wanna be passionate about my marriage, which I hope is a goal for every married couple out there, I need to spend time with other couples who are passionate about their marriage. Okay, I'm not going to spend all my time with people who are criticizing their spouse and then wonder why I'm seeing negativity in my spouse because I'm, I'm catching it from outside. If I want to be passionate about my career or my school or my service, I need to spend time with like-minded people and people who will feed those flames as opposed to quench them and put them out. You know, I don't know, I know a lot of people who have done great things for God. I know people who have become missionaries, people who have given up their lives, people who have traveled across the world to preach the gospel. People have done great things. I don't know one person who's ever done anything great for God that didn't have to first fight through some passion-quenching relationships that were trying to tell him the exact opposite. Okay, There's always going to be someone or a group of people who are trying to put out your fire, but the way you get through it is you spend time with people who are on fire, people who will lift you up and will stoke those flames because you will become like the people that you surround yourself with so we need to be proactive and intentional about surrounding ourselves by other passionate people that we want to become like. And try not to be those passion killers ourselves. Absolutely. So finding the community and investing in the community and being an example in the community. Absolutely. Great. Well, what about that final passion killer? The final passion killer is lack of repentance. 
and lack of repentance, um, look, passion and guilt are, are mutually exclusive. Okay, you, you're never going to be filled with passion and filled with guilt at the same time. Same thing with joy and shame. So if the more I have of one, the less I'm going to have of the other. Oftentimes, what happens? We're filled with passion. We want to do something great. Okay, we're motivated. And then we inevitably make a mistake. And when the mistake happens, that's when, that's the critical time. Anyone can start new habits and make resolutions and set new goals. The real test is when you make a mistake and then you have to make a determination. Did I fall into a, a, a ditch, but I'm going to get myself up? Or did I fall into a bottomless canyon that I cannot recover from? King David, who was a very passionate man, okay, in the, the psalmist, who, you know, God said about him, a man after my own heart. So he's filled with passion on the inside. He said in Psalm 38, he said, my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. What King David is saying right here is saying that when I sinned, it didn't just affect my ability to pray or it didn't just affect you know, my ability to read the Bible. He said, you know what? When I, when I, when I had carried this guilt, it affected everything. He, he struggled in his, in, his, in his household with his children. He struggled in the nation, okay, as the king. The, the effects of unconfessed and unrepented sin, we underestimate the impact those will have in our lives. And I promise you, those unconfessed and unrepented sins are always lying there under the surface. Okay, now when I say unconfessed, I don't mean we confessed it, obviously, you know, every single moment we're not confessing, but we are repenting of our sin and confessing regularly. And believe me, for me personally, I know it, and I actually think the people around me can tell as well. That's why one of my commitments to God is I don't like to carry stuff. You know, if something is bothering me on Saturday, like let's say me and Marianne, something, we got into a fight or something, you know, we're going to resolve that on Saturday night because if not, it's going to affect the way I stand up there on that podium on Sunday. I'm not going to be able to preach with, 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 with zeal, with enthusiasm, and with passion. So for me, it's, it's super important that if there's sin, we all, fall, we all fall short of the glory of God, like all have sinned. But we know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to wash us of all uncleanliness, and to refuel that passion inside of us, okay? To restore that passion and to remove that wet blanket that that kind of w- was was hanging over us. Wow. Yeah, what a powerful tool that the church gives us to help us in um, our lives and in achieving our, our passions. Is there anything else you want to share with us today on the subject, Father Anthony? You know, I, I read a quote one time um, that said, if you're living a life out of a sense of obligation, you are a slave. And I, and I always remember that quote because I don't want to be a slave to anything. And I don't know anyone who does. And we've all been there where we're just doing things out of duty or out of obligation. And when you're doing that, the smallest task, okay, is frustrating, is tedious, is, is joyless. My goal in everything that I do, okay, I want to live a life of passion. I'm going to be passionate about my career. I'm going to be passionate in my relationships. I'm going to be passionate in my marriage. I want to be passionate in how I serve God when no one is watching. I want to be passionate in everything that I do. And I always remember Colossians 3.23. It's one of my memory verses. It says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Ask to the Lord and not to men. And that's my goal. 
is that if I'm going to do something, either I'm not going to do it or I'm going to do it heartily, ask to the Lord, full of passion, full of zeal with everything that I got. And I think that is what honors God more than anything else. That's some great motivation going into 2020, Father Anthony. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. For more great resources for Orthodox leaders, check out stsaministries.org.